You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. It is Thursday, April 22nd. That's coming to you a little bit later in the morning than normal. Sorry about that, but I uh, still did want to get a Thursday show in, so appreciate you joining me when you did. In this first segment, we'll talk uh, some CCU football. I came across an article in The Athletic yesterday that was a really good breakdown of TCU's one power five non-conference opponent, so I wanted to discuss that a little bit. And in segment two, there was actually some breaking news right before I started recording here on the baseball front that I am kind of confused by, and I don't want to, uh, um, I don't want to speculate too much, but it's just kind of odd. I, I've never really heard of it before. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that in segment two, and then we'll we'll wrap up shop in segment three. But I wanted to start today uh, with TCU's going to play Cal in non-conference, and Cal's a really interesting team. A couple of years ago, of course, the Frogs played them in maybe the best bowl game ever, the Cheese It Bowl, which was a 10-7 to barn burner. It was not an aesthetically pleasing football game. But Justin Wilcox has done a nice job there. He has an identity. That team has an identity. They're salty on defense. They're physical. They're hard-nosed. And that's what he's brought to that program. Uh, last year was a disaster for them. And, I mean, they, they didn't play many games, like, just to be fair. Um, the the Pac-12 in general – I mean, I, I don't know what you could take from Pac-12 football last season. They, they hardly played at all. Teams really struggled uh, to get games in. They had these insane requirements with COVID-19 just to get on the field, just to get practice in. It, 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 didn't, it didn't make any sense. Um, so I, I take hardly anything from the, uh, the five games that Cal played last year in Pac-12 play. I know Utah also struggled. They're pretty consistent, but the the Bears were one in three. They played four games, excuse me. So, I mean, they played four football games. Like, And in this article, it lays out, they had, being in California, they had all these crazy requirements. Like, all their meetings had to be outdoors. They had all these restrictions on practice. They had a bunch of guys out because of COVID or injury. So, there wasn't much there that you can take and say, hey, that's what this looks like going into the season or going into next season. But they're pretty loaded as far as they've had a lot of seniors coming back this year, like fifth or sixth year seniors that are making another go around with an extra year of eligibility. They have uh, Chase Garbers as their quarterback, and he's a veteran starter who's been good for them. Now, he wasn't great in the, in the four-game season that they played last year, but he's been a consistent QB for them down the stretch. Um, the last couple of seasons, last year he had 771 yards, six touchdowns, and three interceptions. But in 2019, which was a much more complete picture because it was a whole season, um, he completed 60% of his passes, threw for 1,772 yards, 14 touchdowns, and three interceptions. So he took care of the ball. Um, he, he was, you know, slinging it around a little bit and he's, he'll be a junior, but technically a senior going into the season. He's essentially a third year starter, pretty similar to Max Duggan. Um, you know, at, at the running back position, they got a couple guys that can go, uh, Christopher Brown jr. Had 914 yards in 2019. Damian Moore was a, a good back for them last season in the four games that they played. Justin Wilcox said he was a pleasant re- supl- surprise. He was a natural runner. 
Um, and then they have some other guys there as depth. Their receiving core, they're as excited about it um, as they've ever been. Kakoa Crawford began his career at Michigan and then transferred in. Nico Romingo um, is coming back for another season. Jeremiah Hunter is a freshman. He was one of the top recruits in their 2020 class. He missed last season with a shoulder injury, but he was a four-star recruit from Fresno. They have an offensive line that's returning four starters. So they're experienced everywhere on the football. And their defense is actually where they lack some experience. Um, They're figuring out the defensive line. They've had some injuries there. Uh, Linebacker, they have an all-conference linebacker, Ding, who had 119 tackles in 2019, and he's coming back for one more season. And I expect Justin Wilcox's defense to be pretty good. I mean, I just think they're going to be a good unit. But on offense – they're returning pretty much all their production from last year. 100% of their passing yards are returning with Garbers coming back for another season. 96% of their rushing yards are coming back with uh, with Moore making another run at it this season. Um, 74% of their receiving yards are returning. 90% of their offensive line starts from last season. 85% of their tackles for loss. So anyway, they got a lot of guys that are that are running it back after – Last year was essentially a waste for Cal with only playing four games. So they're a good team. And I think similar to college baseball, you know, TCU's been building towards 2021 in football for a couple of years now. But similar to college baseball, in football, you're going to hear this from, I, I feel like, most programs. Get, coaches are going to say, well, we're more experienced than we've ever been because with with the transfer portal opening up and the ability to get grad transfers in with the ability for seniors who don't have a chance at the NFL draft or maybe don't like their NFL draft positioning to come back for one more season, a lot of teams around the country are returning production. But Cal does look to be in a pretty good spot. And I think this non-conference schedule for TCU is going to prove – uh, pretty quickly just where this team is at I mean wh- I, I feel like we'll get a read after a couple games if this is if these high expectations are justified Duquesne obviously you know that's going to tell us nothing and they're one of the they're a bad FCS program so you should wipe the floor with them whatever but Cal at home and SMU at home Cal uh, their defense is solid, so I, I think we're going to get a good look at, okay, is this offense coming together? Can the O-line block? Can you run the ball consistently? Are you seeing some progress in the passing game? Can Quentin Johnston get open? Uh, can, can Max Duggan make plays? And then a bye week, and then you play SMU. And, I mean, the days of just I, – I, I hope that they blow SMU out. But that's kind of been hard to come by lately. Of course, a couple of years ago they had that awful loss to them. But I think that game is going to tell us more about the defense. Where's the defense at early in the season? Because SMU is going to throw the kitchen sink at them. Sonny Dykes likes to run a lot of weird and wacky formations. He wants to put pressure on them. So, I mean, what does that look like going into, you know, this season? What does the defense look like after playing an SMU team that has some weapons and that can get after you a little bit with big plays? I feel like this non-conference schedule is going to tell us a lot about the football team. And, okay, are these high expectations justified? Because last year, and and things can change. I mean, last year, for instance, you play Iowa State to open the season. You had this whole situation with Max with his heart. He couldn't play uh, more than one half, and you lost a close game. You go beat Texas on the road, but that was a really tough start to the season. You had no non-conference game. The SMU game got canceled, excuse me. You had no ability to warm up. 
well, you're getting some warm-up games this year, but they're tough warm-up games. And they're going to tell you exactly where you're at because I think Cal and SMU are both good teams. We're going to transition here in a minute. We'll return to football in segment three, but I do want to talk some baseball here in a second. Before I do that, though, let's talk about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a great business. It's a family-owned business. RockAuto.com is where you can go to find all the parts your car will ever need. They have uh, reliable, good prices. They have reliable parts. And with everything going on with cars now, with all the makes and models and manufacturers, um, it it can be more confusing than ever to find exactly what you're looking for. And if you're like me, you know, you got to find a mechanic you can trust because you just don't know a lot about the cars and and what you need. So you're just sort of blindly going by the word of the person at the shop. Well, if you want to look at things on your own, if you want to do some more research individually, then you should try rockauto.com. They have a, how did you hear about a section on their website? If you'll click that drop down box and hit locked on, that would help us out a lot. They're one of our great sponsors. Again, it's good people that own a good business and they want to serve you the customer as they've been doing for years. Um, Reliable, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. Okay, segment two of Locked on Horn Frogs coming your way now and did not anticipate or plan on talking some TCU baseball today, but some breaking news coming down as I was about to record this. Uh, this is from Kendall Rogers, who, of course, does a great job covering college baseball across the nation for D1 Baseball. TCU baseball left-handed pitcher Russell Smith will not pitch this weekend against Kansas as he works through some mechanical issues. Smith has had a solid season and has positioned himself well from an MLB draft standpoint so this is interesting I've never really heard of this before Uh, mechanical issues it does not say anything about an injury so I I don't want to come on here and speculate that there's a bigger problem and KU has struggled this year I mean they're they're coming into uh, this series with TCU on Friday night and I believe they're three and nine on the season in big 12 play but you're locked in a, a pretty tight race with Texas right now for the Big 12 lead. I mean, both teams are 10-2. and two. Texas goes to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. Obviously, on paper, that looks like a much more uh, difficult matchup for them than TCU faring against Kansas at home. But this sort of throws your whole rotation into flux. I mean, Austin Crowe made the start on Friday night last week against Oklahoma State. He's really struggled with command issues the last couple times he's been on the mound. He hasn't been able to get through four or five innings. And I don't know what they'll do. I'm not sure if they'll move Johnny Ray up to Saturday and then Sunday he'll just kind of be by committee. When when Johnny Ray missed some time for COVID, uh, Chuck King got the start. And Chuck has started in the past. He can do that. But then you're taking a big piece out of your, you know, middle relief rotation when he's making that start because Halen Green and Chuck King are the guys that come on in those tight situations, you know, when, when your starters are struggling. So your bullpen has some issues and they go thin. If I had to guess, I think that's what they'll do. Now, part of this too, and I, I just thought maybe Slosh was rearranging the Tuesday night pitching staff because um, they've had some issues with the guys that have been thrown on Tuesday night, and that might be the case. But now I'm wondering if Luke Savage threw on Tuesday night against UTA because he knew Russ would be out uh, this weekend, and in preparation for that, he's trying to free up um, Riley 
or Jacob Metter to come in on the weekend and, and give him some innings, try to give him some valuable innings. Or maybe one of those guys makes a start on Sunday. But if I, I had to guess, I think Chuck King will get the start either Friday night or Sunday, depending on how he wants to you know work this rotation. But it, it, this puts a lot of pressure on Krobe and Johnny Ray. I mean, they, they got to be good. And they were really good in the Baylor and Oklahoma series. In the last two weekends, they've struggled against some good lineups in Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. And for both those guys, it's about control. And, I mean, Crow, I understand that a big part of what he wants to do when he's on the mound is get swinging and swing and misses, and that's with his slider, and his slider is going to be buried in the dirt. So if he's not getting those swing and miss um, situations – then he's probably throwing it out of the strike zone. And, and that does get your pitch count up and get those walks worked. Hopefully against the KU team that's been struggling at the plate, he can uh, be effective. But this is just something to monitor. I mean, again, I, I don't want to come out here and speculate. I don't know. Mechanical issues. He Russ did not have his best start against the Pokes. I mean, the whole pitching staff really struggled. He gave up a few bombs. And he... He battled through, you know, a start at Texas Tech. I don't think he was super sharp, but I believe he only gave up three runs in that start against Tech. And, man, in Lubbock against that team that can just rake, I think that's about anything and everything you could ask for from your starter. I mean, I, I can't really fault him for that. But hopefully he's okay because, I mean, he's been the only guy on this staff that you can really count on to go six innings. I mean, even if Russ – doesn't have his best stuff he's going to find a way to eat up innings and keep you in the game and that's a very valuable skill especially for a team that has a thin bullpen but if this is going to be any sort of extended absence then that becomes a big problem um you got kansas this weekend then you go on the road to west virginia and morgantown and then of course texas coming up at home in a few weeks but Right now, I mean, I'll, I'll trust Kendall Rogers for his report. It's a, Okay, it's a mechanical issue. They're just maybe taking a look at some things. Um, and, and maybe there is some discomfort, and they're saying, okay, let's see if we can find a way for you to throw that's not going to put as much stress on your arm. But it's, uh, it's a very intriguing situation. I, I've never seen it before, or I've, never just, I've just never really heard of this before, just skipping a start to work on some things, get your mechanics set again, get right. But that's uh, that's where they're at with Russell Smith. And maybe that was part of the reason. I, I really thought they moved him to Saturday last week because Justin Campbell is the Saturday starter for Oklahoma State, and he's their best pitcher. I mean, he's, he's their best pitcher. Um, he had a 1.15 ERA coming into that game, so they just figured, hey, we need Russ throwing against him because there's very little room for error. And maybe that was the case, and this is just something that came up after that start. They looked at the film and said, hey, we gotta, we got to take a step back here and see if um, we can get Russ in a, in a better spot before you know we hit the teeth of conference play. But Kansas, I mean, I think this is a series they can manage without him, and it's at home. You hope those bats continue to stay hot and that the, the pitching can step up. But now Crobe uh, and Johnny Ray are going to have to be good. And, and maybe it's Chuck King that comes in as that other starter to try to supplement what you're losing with Russ. But it does make this weekend trickier against the Jayhawks. Um, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. I do want to tell you, though, about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, uh, they handle everything. That's the great thing about betonline.ag. It's not just, you know, football. Football season is on hold right now. It's over. You're in the offseason. Well, they have plenty of things you can bet on in the NBA 
Major League Baseball. There's games every night. There's over-unders every night that you can get in on. There's prop bets that you can seek out. And Lee Serling from Paramount Sports, he's been doing this for a long time. He knows exactly how to navigate that world, and he knows the best way to help make you some money. If you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get a 20% sign-up bonus betonline.ag they do it all betonline.ag lee sterling from paramount sports let him help you make some money today they have some great deals some great packages check it out today they're a great sponsor of locked on horn frogs all right let's wrap things up and last thing here on locked on horn frogs for thursday i wanted to get you guys uh involved in the show so you can hit me on Twitter at Simcox Steven or the show account is at locked on TCU. Um, and, and Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I'll put an announcement out on Twitter and this seems kind of pointless to announce this here because if you consume the pod this way, you might be having trouble anyway, but um, I do not know what's going on with Apple podcast. I, I know they're having issues and it's going on across the locked on network. We're working with them. Um, I just happened to look at, I post mine on I post my pod on Megaphone. It puts it out to all the different services. So I, I really just look at the link that I see on the web. And as long as that works, I just kind of assume that it works everywhere. But um, I, I saw somebody saying like, hey, Apple Podcasts is having some issues. And I took a look. Apple has not posted my podcast all week long. So I don't know what's going on there. If that's how you find Locked on Horn Frogs, I'm really sorry. Um, but they're, they're working on it. And hopefully it'll get resolved soon. But I did want to know, because I was talking about non-conference a minute ago. In segment one, and you can hit me at Simcox Steven or at Locked On TCU. What's your opinion on non-conference scheduling? Like, what what do you like to, um, what do you like to see the frogs do? Because I I sort of like what the the uh, the formula they have right now, which is one FCS opponent. I know not everybody is down for that. They they hate it, but I, I do see the value in playing a team that you feel like you can beat and kind of easing yourself into the season and getting everybody good reps and valuable reps in a low-pressure situation. And then you play one Power 5 opponent, and you know I, I know I'm also in the minority with the SMU game. Um, I, I just think it's a good historical rivalry, and I understand that it doesn't really benefit TCU much anymore, but if the alternative is playing another group of five type school, I, I, I like the idea of keeping that going with SMU. And as frustrating as it is that they're getting better and they still treat that game as their Super Bowl, I think it's also a good test for, for the Frogs. So I sort of like what they're doing with it. But I know some of you hate just any sort of FCS opponent. Um, what would you like to see them do? Would you like to see you know a couple Power Five opponents or one Power Five and a couple group of five? Um, do you want to abolish the FCS game altogether? Do you like that as sort of warm up into the season? I'm just curious because I know you guys will probably have opinions on it. So you can hit me um, at Simcox Steven and at Locked On TCU, and I'll, I'll try to get to some of those responses on Friday. I will talk to you on Friday. This has been Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.